grasping the thin, almost translucent veil between that of fact and fiction, revealing mysteries of the past, folklore passed down from father to son, unsolved murders, and things that go bump in the night. You've entered Deceptive Reality. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Deceptive Reality Podcast. My name is Nick, and with me, as always, the boisterous Bert. <laughs> that brought, listen, that, that word right there is probably, that one is probably accurate, Nick. Uh, they're all accurate. I know, I feel like this one, uh, boisterous is, I mean, a lot of people would say that's probably me. Uh, well, or none. I'm saying boisterous. Is that oh, what you you're here? Boisterous? Yeah. That means like uh, jolly and laughing. I mean, you just proved it. You laughed. I just proved that one right. <laughs> they're all right and they're all positive. I only have positive words for you, except when you get on the topic of the moon not being real. Then we got trouble. <laughs> that hasn't happened in a while, though. That's half the fun. Listen, I feel like we've done a lot of UFO cases, though, here recently. We're becoming a UFO channel, Nick. I'm not opposed to that, but I like to throw in some monstrosities now and then. You know what I feel like it is, Nick? I feel like there's so many UFO stories that that's why we always end up on a UFO story. That's our modern mythos. Like, we don't invent gods anymore. We don't invent fairies. We don't invent demons i mean that stuff kind of exists but when we don't know what something is nowadays it's ufos like that that guy on the show ufos that is valid listen i so i've everyone who knows knows because i think i've mentioned this a few times i've got a lot of little stories that i'm working Mm -hmm. on that i'm building and I'm trying to think there's one more that would probably, of all the ones I'm working on, that would fit into a UFO category. So I'm going to have to put that one on the back burner. But I've got a few. I've got like one or two that I don't know that I can turn them into a full episode. But man, they would make right. for a great short. Yeah, I I really love them because we when we do the UFO episodes, we shift off into like, science fiction and science fact and all that and i really love that stuff that's that's the stuff i love most but sometimes we've got to take a break from the ufos as what much i know as much as we both love it and that's why in this very special episode oh very special episode we're paying tribute to a friend of yours named rick (gasps) rick he sort this of. Is a, this is the moment you've been waiting on. He sort of like blackmailed us into doing this, and I have to do this to keep Bert safe. He did. He was he was slick the way he did it too. Right, and He's and like, you know what? How do you got everything Sorry. but Bigfoot? Yeah, it kind of made me feel like you were in danger. <laughs> I'm not getting a Christmas card this year, Nick. If we don't do one, <laughs> uh, oh no, we're doing one. So Bigfoot is a giant giant category so what i've decided to do at least maybe we'll do more but i've decided to do one event one bigfoot event and whether you believe it or don't believe it it's big well if you think about it that's what we do with every topic like a prime example ufos is huge Right. But we've done segments of UFOs. We've never covered UFOs, period. Right. You can't. This is the same kind of deal. It's such a huge subset. You got to split it up. You don't really have a choice. Yep. This one's going to be one singular story, but, and I'm not going to give too much away before we start, but this is considered one of the biggest closest encounters with Bigfoot that has ever occurred. Trying to think of all the occasions that I know of. So I'm going to be interested to see if I know what this one is. I I don't think you're going to. 
I I did special research for this. Whoa. Um, yeah, I found out about this. I kept refining searches until I found the biggest story I could find. Again, believe it or not, I'm not going to make any judgments on this episode. <laughs> this is a special episode of something presented as truth. Um, as a follow-up, I might have to post somewhere the story in the man's own words because he recorded the whole thing with the newspaper. Oh, but, wow. So this was one guy's story that he presented. Did he write a book or anything on it, or is this just news? Never wrote a book. Hmm. Never wrote a book. Um, this is what is experience. Um, and I don't really want to give away much more than that. But turn tune in today for a very special episode dedicated to Rick. Courtesy of Bert and Nick and Bigfoot. And Bigfoot. <laughs> Bigfoot, the towering, enigmatic creature of the wilderness, has long been a subject of fascination and intrigue. Often referred to as Sasquatch, this legendary being is believed to roam the remote and rugged terrains of North America, leaving behind a trail of stories, footprints, and whispered encounters. In the annals of cryptozoology, few creatures stand as prominently as Bigfoot. Its presence is not confined to remote forests and mountain ranges. It has seeped into popular culture, becoming a symbol of the unexplained and the unknown. From grainy photographs to eyewitness testimonies, the legend of Bigfoot has left an indelible mark on our collective consciousness. Tonight we examine the most well-known and closest recorded encounter with Bigfoot. All right, so that was a weird place to break, but before we start, and I don't know if I'm going to get you into trouble, how do you feel about Bigfoot? I have a family story about Bigfoot that has been told to me as the gospel. Are you allowed to tell it? I think as long as I don't use names, I'm okay. And okay. I have to remember this because this is from when I was a kid, which means no matter how I tell the story, I'm going to be corrected and they're going to say that I'm not right on this. Uh-huh. But as you know, we're in a farming community mm-hmm. and my family was known as being in the farming community for the most part. Someone that I know was on a piece of equipment and they saw what they thought was a large man running through a field. And apparently he swears up and down that that had to be a Sasquatch. And I can tell you that this person, I would not think would have made this up. Oh yeah. Did Not he have a any tall description teller. or just large man? Uh, he, he basically said it was a Sasquatch is what he said, but okay. it was humanoid is, is where I was going with man, like a large man, yeah. like a, like an ape like man. Right. But, uh, not known for telling tales like is not i don't remember there being any other stories of any kind of supernatural paranormal or anything like that from this person. Okay. So the fact that they tell that story and that's because me personally, without knowing that story, I would be of the mindset that they just don't exist. Right. Right. So similar to you, not Mm -hmm. a family story, but there's a local story. Now, it's probably even harder to believe around here because you're never more than a certain number of miles from the ocean in Nova Scotia, um, especially in the community nearby where I was from, which is not far from the Shag Harbor incident, by the way. Which we've covered. Which we've covered. Go back and listen, slash watch it, share it, all these things. But um, there was one summer, and it only happened one summer, never again. We have an exhibition grounds that only gets used once a year. And it's one of those old farm exhibitions where, you know, who's got the best pumpkin, who's got the best carrots, all that stuff. You know, the queen's pageant for whoever is the prettiest high school girl and that kind of stuff. 
and mm-hmm. never rides. You can ride around on a pony. It's like not really exciting, but where everyone hangs out because there is nothing exciting. Sure. Anyway, next to that area over the course of a summer, probably seven or eight different people on different nights saw what they said is a Bigfoot walking past the fields, going out into the woods beyond that. Happened for a summer, never happened before, never happened since, but just huge amount of sightings. Now, unfortunately, like you, I'm quite skeptical about Bigfoot. I think, I, you know, I'm going on the record and saying there's no Bigfoot in Nova Scotia. However. That's, that's strong. Yeah, I just can't see it. Well, I mean, I didn't see it, but anyway. Nick is I going think 100% could be, don't exist. Got it. Don't exist. Uh, not Nova Scotia, but I think in other parts of the world there could be old evolutionary forms of ours that might have survived to the modern times. It's possible. I'm not completely close to that. But there is one man that is very sure about the existence of Bigfoot. The problem I have, and I've always had, (laughs) Mm how is it we've never found one yet? Right. And we've not found a skeleton. No. We've never had good video or or picture proof. That's right. I, I could just picture Rick steaming at you right now for saying this. <laughs> he probably is. He's like, just something. I don't gone. even know what he looks like, but I know he's mad right now. He's <laughs> real mad. So, so just, just to try and save your butt again, I'm going <sighs> to counter some of that with what people have said. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that we know that bears exist. And it's incredibly rare, considering the amount of bears in the woods, that we ever find a intact bear carcass because there's a lot of bears we almost never find carcasses but if we want to go out and take a photo of a bear we can right but if we're talking proportionate that maybe for every hundred thousand bears there's one bigfoot that changes things like i said if i didn't know one person that's at least and I believed him seen it. Yeah. There ain't no way. I, I'm keeping I, it open be hard mind, but I'm on me. your side. I'm on your side with this. But I think there's a possibility. I think there's a I would never say never, but I've never seen right. definitive. Like there was a show that used to be on. It was like, I think it was called Bigfoot. Right. Or or finding, I think it's called Finding Bigfoot, and then they changed the name right. of it. And I used to get so ticked off because there'd be what they they say that Bigfoot apparently walks around and slams stuff on the tree trunks. Mm-hmm. That's how they communicate. And I'm like, come on, man. That's how they <laughs> communicate. I've seen. Oh, we're forgetting something important. What? We've captured Bigfoot. We, that is true, you and me. And, and, as soon as you uh, said finding Bigfoot. Yeah, you're right. I didn't even think about that. And uh, Sniper, the three yeah. of us, there's a video game called Bigfoot. It was and, called uh, Finding Bigfoot until they got threatened to be Yeah, sued. you're right. I think they did switch their name also. But we've yeah. captured him. Listen, we're professionals. And... We did catch him, and unfortunately, Sniper was dead and Bert was dead, but we were on voice chat, and I had the scariest moment of my entire existence. Because <laughs> once you catch Bigfoot, you, like, you tranquilize him, and you put him on a sled, and you got to haul him slowly back to the cage, and he's snoring. Like, he's he's not dead. He's back there. And all of a sudden, I hear this... <laughs> incredibly loud ungodly snarl and i i'm pretty sure i screamed like a little girl and jumped out of my seat and what was that snarl bert i don't know i don't know nick i don't remember that 
I I remember it. <laughs> In fact, it sounds a lot like the voice coming through the mic right now. <laughs> I may or may not have let out a uh, professional Bigfoot snarl. I uh, yeah, if that wasn't straight out of the woods, I don't know what was. <laughs> I I'm not that ashamed so to say funny. I was terrified. That was that so much scared fun. the living bejesus out of me. Well, you wasn't getting scared like Sniper and I was. There was one point in time we was walking around and lightning clapped in the game. Oh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure I defecated my chair. I'm like 95% sure I defecated my chair. Oh, yeah. That scared that, me so bad. That game's scary, especially when your friends betray you like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bitter. I'm a little bitter. No. <laughs> that was so much fun, though. Oh, I know. That was a great game, though. It's very similar oh, to yeah. what we're talking about here because you had to go find the Bigfoot. There's people dead yeah. from the Bigfoot. Yeah, we got to play that again on. sometime. We will. They've changed it. They've up- they've updated everything on it. Oh, yeah. yeah we'll have, we'll have to, to get a sniper again. and see if he'll play a complimentary game. I think he will. I think he, he will. He probably would. Well, just to... Just to continue on to this, we've we've sort of sorted out our feelings about Bigfoot. We're unsure. <laughs> yep. We're leaning towards doesn't exist. But there's one man who is incredibly sure about the existence of Bigfoot or Big Feet. Would you like to hear about this man? Absolutely. In the summer of 1924, Albert Ostman, a Swedish-born Canadian prospector and outdoorsman, set out on a solo camping trip in the wilderness of Toba Inlet, British Columbia. He was an experienced outdoorsman and had spent years exploring remote areas. Ostman selected a remote location for his campsite, deep in the wilderness near the inlet. He set up a rudimentary camp with a canvas tent and supplies, intending to spend time prospecting and enjoying the natural surroundings. On his first night at the camp, Ostman claimed to have heard strange noises in the forest around him. These noises, which he described as unusual and eerie, made it difficult for him to sleep. However, he did not report any direct encounters or signs of Bigfoot on that night. Albert Ostman reported hearing whistling or whooping sounds, which are distinct from typical wildlife noises. Bigfoot researchers claim these whistles and whoops are often described as being used for communication between Bigfoot individuals. Albert claimed he would occasionally hear chattering or gibbering sounds akin to primate vocalizations. Between vocalizations, he also reported hearing rhythmic knocking or tapping sounds on nearby trees, which some attribute to Bigfoot communication or territory marking. Bigfoot researchers have generally agreed that these are signs of curiosity more than aggression. Screams, howls, and slamming wood against trees are the more common signs of aggressive or threatened Bigfoot behavior. So there's your slamming things against trees that you brought up. It's just very interesting to me that that's like, and this is coming from someone that has no clue what they're talking about. Clearly. Like I think of that as being a primate thing, not something that's advanced. See the biggest argument. I no one get mad at me Uh because I'm about to say something controversial. Uh Oh, I struggle a lot with the concept of evolution because I can still see apes and monkeys and gorillas in the wild. If we evolved, like think of anything that's evolved. Have you ever seen the thing that it started from again? Like you mean like something evolves into something and then goes back or like we have. So prime example. We have witnessed microevolution. We've seen it. We can see it now. We see it in everyday life. Macroevolution, though, mm-hmm. I can't think of a single case where something has supposedly evolved and I still see both versions of the creature. Like to the point to where they say, like, if we go back and we look at all the cases of apes Mm -hmm. or should I say like they talk about uh, these are skeletons we found where you used to be whatever. Right. Right. 
they never show the thing between those two things. So you're telling me one day we was whatever that one creature is they found. And then we turned into a completely different us version of us now. Right. I just, so and not you're only looking that, for transitional like, forms, I think is what you're talking about. Yeah. Macro evolution. So not micro, but macro we've seen, we see micro right. evolution every single day. Like, like, mm-hmm we can see that a cat and a panther comes from the same direction, but that's a micro evolution, not a macro macro means it completely took one left turn and it stayed that way. That would be the equivalent of me saying Mm. I came from what, what do they call that? The, the world famous version of ourselves, the, the primal version of ourselves like in a museum somewhere, but, well, there's a few. There's like Australopithecine. Um, yeah. We're, we're Homo sapiens sapien. Then there's Homo erectus. And like there's all kinds of uh, variations there, that sometimes we still coexisted like, with them. Like whenever you see evolution, though, mm-hmm. it means we evolved. Right. So when you tell me that, hey, you guys got rid of the tail and these feet to climb. Why? I want a tail right now. <laughs> do you know what I could do with a tail? Do you know how many times I'm carrying groceries and I got two hands? No tail. Right. It's just yes, hard for sometimes to... people are born with tails. Vestigial tails. Yeah, but that's a little small danky thing. That's a that's a yeah, you want an a big offset. Tail. Like it's not a tail. We call it a tail, but it's right. not really a tail. But it's right. like when when people talk about Bigfoot slamming whatever, they, they say right. parts of a tree onto a, 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 like a branch onto a tree, mm-hmm. I think back, like, that sounds like an ape kind of thing. Right. I believe that if this thing is that intelligent, is mm-hmm. not doing primal things, if that makes sense. Uh, I, I can get where you're coming from on that. However, like we have on uncontacted tribes that to us would seem like very similar. They do very similar things like the whistles and the hoots and the clicks are the communication. And additionally, evolution isn't just necessarily one thing turning into another thing. Sometimes it branches. Sure. Like, Microevolution. That's what I was talking about. Right. But I mean, microevolution can just be a part of a macroevolution anyway. Like there could still be, so the apes that we might have evolved from mm-hmm. could have, one branch of it could evolved into more human-like creatures and one could have been more ape-like creatures and those exist simultaneously. So let me use a hypothesis here. Yeah. To, to, to further our conversation about Bigfoot. Right. When in the form of evolution, there's typically a mutation that occurs. That's what causes the evolution, whether it be micro or micro, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say if you're a cheetah. Or let's let's use a zebra as a better example. If you're right. a zebra, I could have used either. If you're a zebra and one day you're born without the stripes, that's evolution, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's a micro evolution of a zebra, right? Right. Would it be beneficial for that zebra to not have stripes or would it be beneficial for it not to have stripes? It could depend on a lot of factors. It's going to die first, right? They, they say it's, and it's going to die first because it doesn't have the camouflage. No differently okay. than if you're a leopard. If you're born without the spots, you're going to be at a deficit. So right. instead of a mutation for good, it's going to be bad. And typically when those evolutions occur, those spawn die, right? Mm. We look at all the descriptions of Bigfoot. A powerful, strong um, hunter capable of doing things we can only dream of. What we are in comparison to what Bigfoot is is a mutation that would have occurred that would have made us the ones that should have died quicker. If you see what right. I'm saying. I do. So, so it's hard for me. Like if, if Bigfoot is a fill in the blank, I don't think that it's any version of us. 
it have to be a subset of something that's not what we evolved into. A lot of people go, Bigfoot is just us. No, because we would have been the weaker thing that should have died. We shouldn't have. And most of the time when that mutation occurs, it happens once by mistake and it's a deficit mutation. Those are typically the things that die first. Well, let me put this out there. Mm-hmm. Ian's, so a Bigfoot stronger than us, faster than us, more durable than us. Um, that looks like on the surface, the thing that would be more successful and likely more likely to survive. Sure. In some scenarios. Mm-hmm. However, in other scenarios, we are weaker, slower, less durable, but we've got much more you know, capacity for intelligence and empathy. Uh, like one of the main reason they say that our line of humanity succeeded is because we developed whites in our eyes that allowed us to partner with other animals such as dogs and domesticate them because they can see where we're looking and predict where they need to go to help us herd animals. Like that's one theory that people came up with. So there could be scenario A where branch A would be more successful, but there could also be scenario B where the other type, the other branch could be more successful. And what generally happens in these occurrences is one of them eliminates the other one because there's always overlaps in these. There has to be because they come from one another. And what some people have proposed is Bigfoot is one of these ones that we live simultaneously with and we either interbred with them or eliminated them. And there's just some cast-offs, just like uncontacted tribes that persisted. Now, you know, I'm still skeptical, but... See, based on that, though, Mm -hmm. I know that that cannot be correct. Why is that? We couldn't have been uh, mating with Bigfoot and came from UFOs at the same time. Mm, good point. Good point. Because one of those remember, things must be untrue. <laughs> at least well, one based, of those. Based on last week's episode, Nick, we talked about mm-hmm. our alien counterparts have three uh, DNA strands. We only have mm, two. That's true. Bigfoot probably only has one. So we're the middleman. It wasn't us with Bigfoot. It's aliens with Bigfoot. That would be my hypothesis. Yes. Currently that that's, that would almost make the most sense to me logically. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, Listen, we you're run, in what you're we, laying down. <laughs> we run a very reputable podcast here. We can't have these fictitious thought processes like us coming from Bigfoot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Crazy talk. Wow. Which also, if um, you didn't listen to last week's episode, what are you doing with your life? Go back and listen to it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um a- anyway, I just want to make it clear. I'm presenting counterpoints. I don't necessarily believe uh much or any of that really it's a very interesting concept that we would have something to do with a ufo i'm just not necessarily bought in on that part or from a uh sorry from a bigfoot that just is not a hard that's a hard sell for me i think that it would have to be its own entity if anything okay and that's very likely or nothing at all really because we're kind of on that side and coincidentally, I like how you said that this is probably the most realistic and you chose someone from Canada land, Nick. <laughs> uh, oh, hold on. I got to dispute one thing you just said. No point in this episode did I ever see anything was realistic. I'm just pretending <laughs> the story. You said is the most <laughs> realistic one, Nick. No, it's the closest encounter and the most well-known. Uh, future me in editing in this part right here. Put the part where Nick used the exact words that I use. Oh, man, I hope I didn't. I'm questioning myself now. <laughs> One of us is going to be right, Nick, and it's yeah. going to be awesome. All of a sudden, if, you're going to see us. You're going to see like five splices of you going, this is the proof. 
proof where <laughs> like I'm going to splice like five of them together to make sure it still works. <laughs> it, it, if I did say that and it comes back that way, unedited, mind you, I, <laughs> I am wrong. I did not mean to say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, awesome. Getting back into it. So that was night one. <laughs> And he's heard a bunch of spooky noises. Oh, yeah, this is an old one. So he's heard a bunch of noises. He was kept up all night. There's whistling, hooting, rhythmic knocking. They're not pounding things on trees, but they could have. They could have. They just didn't in that case. Um. So he's up all night. I would have been, too. But Guaranteed. it's the second night where things go a little sideways. The encounter that Osman later described as an abduction occurred on the second night of his camping trip. While he was sleeping inside his sleeping bag in the tent, he suddenly awoke to find himself being lifted off the ground by a massive, hairy hand. He claimed that he was picked up while still in his sleeping bag and tent much like a giant sack, immobilizing him and leaving him effectively blinded. Osman's account does not provide detailed information about how the creatures approached him or how they managed to lift him without waking him. He mentioned that the tent was not well illuminated and his visibility was limited. After hearing the noises on the first night, some have questioned how he was able to sleep on the second night at all, while others claim lack of sleep the previous night caused a particularly sound sleep. The creatures were able to approach with no trouble. According to Osman, he was carried through the forest by the creatures, which he later identified as a Bigfoot. The creature appeared to be so strong it did not notice Osman's struggling. The journey lasted for an unknown duration until they reached a secluded location where he was released from the grip of the creature. Three thoughts. <laughs> All right. Let's hear them. First one, I watched a video this weekend mm -hmm. where there was these videographers videoing a silverback gorilla spot. I can't remember what they's doing. I, think I know was exactly new, what you're going to say. <laughs> and there was a cameraman and he was sitting there and he's focused and this silverback just snatched him by the leg and drags him for like five yards and then just drops him. Right casual. Just stupid strong. Like this yeah. is like, it'd be like me picking up a 12 pack of soda. Yeah. And my favorite part is the cameraman looks at everyone else like, did y'all just see that? And then he just dipped <laughs> right back to where he was. So to believe that there's some type of, again, very primitive strength, I'm on board a thousand percent. Where I've got a problem is number two. Okay. Okay. How can he possibly sleep on night two? First off. <laughs> These were men back in 1924, okay? Oh, yeah. He was a man. Not like nowadays where we're like, oh, God, got a splinter, can't work today. These <laughs> were men. You shoot a man back. There was a story of a guy that got shot in the head with a railroad spike, <laughs> had it in his head, and he still was trying to work. These were men. Wasn't there a story about FDR who got shot during a speech? And just continue. Yes, and finish the speech. Yeah. Yeah, that's a man. He had something in his, like a book or a Bible or something that was in his coat. And it went through most of it, but still it lodged inside of him, I believe. And he's like, well, I'm not bleeding to death. I might as well finish this story. They were men <laughs> back then. Oh, okay? yeah. So I understand how he slept. He's probably just like, man, I hope this doesn't happen tonight. And it just was like, well, time to sleep. The third thing that was a takeaway. If I'm getting carried away by the old Sasquatch, the old Bigfoot, mm -hmm. I'm not looking at other creatures. Okay. This isn't time for Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and talking about the skunks and the deers. And something has a hold of me that I don't want to have a hold of me. Right. So what are you doing about it? Uh, Nothing, because I saw what happened with that silverback gorilla video. Listen, I've learned <laughs> from what I've watched, but I mean, I'm probably going to scream so loud. It's going to be scared and let me go where I'm going to scream so loud that he's like, my ears are hurting so badly that I've got to <laughs> let this thing go. And I can scream really loud if provoked. 
Right. That's a good pl- strategy, actually. I'm surprised he was doing strategy. that. Like they say, for beer, bears, make yourself real big, right? Uh, for lions, never t- always look them in the eye. Don't ever turn your head. Mm. Bigfoot, scream the highest pitch scream that you can make. <laughs> and they'll let you go. Proof. This is proof from the story. Oh, we gotta we gotta test this actually. You can test it, Nick. I'm I'm calling out on this one. I'm calling in sick that day. Uh what? yeah, no. Mm-mm. What about real men showing up for these things? Real Listen, men. Listen, I said in 1924 they were real men, Nick. Oh, I didn't okay. say not now. From 1978 they were real men. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll find one and I'll screech at it and see what happens. Perfect. Nick is going to take one for the team, everybody. That's right. Nick, Nick is our guy. I'll be battered and <laughs> bruised, me. but I'll be back next week. <laughs> Not me, boys. Mm-mm. I'm good on that. Yeah, I, nope. I saw that uh, that silverback gorilla thing, and it was so casual. How he just walked Dude, it by. Just walked by. Yeah, he just wanted to show me he could do it. He wanted them to know what he could do. It, like sometimes when I go in the kitchen, sometimes I'll pick something up. And I'll carry it around for a little bit. And I'm like, I don't really want this. And I'll put it back. Yeah. I'm like, that's what that silverback really did. He's probably like, man, I'm going to take him, take him, show him this water hole down here. And it like halfway, he's yeah. like, ah, he doesn't really care. And he just let it go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's not even Crazy. paying attention, really. He did it with one go. hand. Like he just yeah. reached back and then he just pulled him along for like, I don't know, maybe five, 10 yards. It wasn't very far. Yeah. But like he took multiple steps and he was just going along. He's like, hey. Yeah. It's Saturday. Let's do this. Come on. Water and hole. And you, you know, you might pick up something that has some kind of weight to it. And maybe your, your hand will stop for a second as you realize oh, yeah. how weighty it is. It was just like he picked up a a sock off the floor or something there. That's what I'm saying. Like a 12 like, pack of pop. There's no That'd effort. Be like me with a 12 pack. No effort. Zero yeah. effort. It was craziest thing I've ever no. watched. I just watched it this no. weekend too. Yeah, that that's what happened to Osman here. Poor old Osman, up in a wrapped up in a tent like a people sack and carried off. I mean, he was sitting there, he had a little bit of Nyquil. He's cocked out. Yep. he's a little tired. Long day. Yeah. Next thing up he all knows, night listening to whistles and stuff. Yeah, whistles, sna- smacking of the trees and stuff. Next thing yeah, you know, that kept me up. Dog on Bigfoot snatched him up. That was messed up. Yeah, uh, unfortunately for Osman, they let they let him go somewhere. But that wasn't the end of his ordeal. There was more to Perfect. this. Do you want to hear is more? Is that what's of coming adventure? up? Is that is that the is that where you're leading me to, Nick? That's where I'm leading you to. Fair enough. <laughs> let me see where he dropped Let's... him off. <laughs> Drop right. the kids off at the pool, boys. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Ostman claimed that he was taken by not one but a whole family of Bigfoot-like creatures. He described the family unit consisting of an adult male, an adult female, and two young ones. The adult male was particularly large, standing around eight feet tall. During his alleged captivity, Ostman reported that the creatures did not harm him physically. Instead, they seemed curious about him and his belongings. He described them as inquisitive and occasionally playful, although their sheer size and appearance were naturally intimidating. Ostman claimed that the creatures provided him with food during his captivity. They allegedly fed him a diet consisting of berries and roots, which they gathered from the wilderness. While he did eat what they offered, he was cautious and felt unsure about the creatures' intentions. Ostman mentioned that he attempted to communicate with the creatures by speaking to them. He tried to convey that he was not a threat and that he wanted to leave. He also observed the creatures making guttural vocalizations and clicks among themselves, but he was unable to understand their language. No joke! He was a friggin' Bigfoot, bro! (laughs) They don't know English! He was probably trying to do that thing when people try to speak to people in other languages and they think if they just talk louder and wave their arms... They'll understand. <laughs> Two things uh, again. I've I've got all these thoughts coming in my head. I <sighs> boy, this story had me. And in conventional storytelling, we throw me for a loop. Now, Mama Bear's out here with two of the yeah. kids. Yep. 
big old Bigfoot's like, hey, look what I found out in the wilderness is <laughs> stuck in his tent. The kids are but like, can we keep it? There, can we keep it? <laughs> yeah, can we keep it, Dad? Can we keep it? Listen, he looks gentle. He's eating all the berries we just fed him. You know what I mean? It, it's like, yeah, you're sitting there. It's like, you know, huge. <laughs> you know, whatever sound Bigfoot's make. I mean, I don't know what sounds they make, but, you know. That sounds like what he was guy's describing. Like, yeah, I mean, that's what he was. <laughs> like, he's whistling and stuff. But then I sit there and I think now you got this guy's like, uh, me go back tent, go back tent. <laughs> you go, go seep in tent again. Like it just, man, if I'm this guy, I'm not trying to communicate. If it offers right. me a berry, might eat it. Yeah. If it, if the Bigfoot's like, grass hold it, squirrel, not eating it. Not going to do it. I don't care what. Well, you don't Luckily, want to be rude. You're in his house. That's what I'm saying. Luckily, it's not a carnivore. Apparently, yeah. it's in the berries. How do you get that big just from eating berries, though? So, oh, you have to have man. a protein source. I'm glad you brought that up. I so many things I'm skeptical about on this stuff. Like, like if if you're Bigfoot, you're you're not getting big and strong from eating berries. Like you're not yeah, a. You're not an herbivore. You're a carnivore, or at a minimum, an omnivore. Right. At a minimum. Hmm. Could it be that he? That's just what where we're so scrawny. He thought, well, this this thing clearly <laughs> eats berries and sticks. <laughs> like this, this thing is not healthy. <laughs> I bet this guy's a non-glutener. <laughs> yeah, there's something wrong with this guy. Let's get him some. Man. You know what? We'll start him on berries and roots, and we'll work him up to squirrels. We'll get him back to health. Man. And this is the best Bigfoot proof we've got, you say? Or the- well, this is, this is the closest encounter with a Bigfoot, I think, is yeah. how I describe it. Um, It's, it's quite famous. But see... Ah, Man, it's it's kind of it's kind of unfair to the Bigfoot people out there, because neither of us are really keen on the whole Bigfoot thing. This one's a tough one for me. It's a real tough one. The story sounds at best fictionalized. Hmm. I have a hard time believing that this thing carried you through the woods. Right. Dropped you off to show the wife and kids. Fed you berries. Like, that just sounds like a Disney movie. That doesn't sound like a... (laughs) Think about it. You could probably make a Disney movie off of this currently. I think they have. Except in reverse. Have you ever heard of Harry and the Hendersons? Oh yeah, I love that sh- that show. That show was so good. Was that a Disney thing? I feel like it was, but I don't quote me on that. I'll look that up after. But imagine instead of a family of four taking a Bigfoot home, a family of four Bigfoot take a man a human home. home. Yeah, that's strong. I never thought of that, Nick. That's yeah, true. yeah. So I mean, we can accept it. The other way around. Are we being racist not to accept it the That's other true. way? That's true. Are we being Could too judgmental? Us sitting there and we're looking at the Bigfoot and we go, Bert, Nick. Because <laughs> that's what he used to do. He used to go, Hurry. Like that's what he used to do. It'd just be it, us in reverse saying our names. Yeah. It, like if that guy stayed there long enough, He'd be he'd be pounding his chest and clicking and he would hooting and whistling at him. Remember when Harry used to put his hands up when he get in trouble and go? Yeah, oh. yeah, that's what that's what Osman <laughs> was doing when he didn't need his roots. My favorite was they had a TV series, oh. and I used to watch that TV series every single week. Really, it came off of the movie. Yeah, it was oh. Harry and the Hendersons, the sitcom. So you kind of have a soft spot for for the Sasquatch Bigfoot. I do. 
I love me some uh, some Harry anyway. Yeah. So okay. So maybe it's a little more fair. You're secretly on his side. You just don't want to let your tenderness show because we're being no. objective. Objective That's television right. right here. That's right. <laughs> we we gotta, despite our feelings for Harry, we've got to be scientific about this. We have to. We would not be a reputable podcast channel if we didn't, Nick. That's right. But we're doggone professionals over here. If you're listening, Harry, we love you. Love you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you might be asking yourself at this point. <laughs> sorry. I'm asking a whole lot of questions, Nick. <laughs> you might be asking yourself at this point. <clears throat> Questions such as, how long was he with the Bigfoot family? We'll call them the Harrys. At least one season's worth, according to the TV show. <laughs> right. And who's telling this story? Did he escape? He had to have. Remember, he he did the, the newspaper thing. All right. So let's I remember listen these to things. his escape plan. According to Ostman's account, he was held captive by the Bigfoot family for approximately six days. Perhaps the most peculiar aspect of Ostman's story was his description of an incident involving a can of snuff tobacco. He claimed that the creatures showed a great deal of interest in the can, trying to consume its contents despite clearly disliking the taste. This event played a pivotal role in his escape. Ostman asserted that the adult male Bigfoot became severely ill from ingesting the snuff tobacco. He watched as the creature rolled on the ground in apparent distress, clutching its stomach. The other creatures immediately lost interest in Ostman and began to care for the large male. Ostman recognized this moment of weakness in the creature as his chance to escape. Despite the fear and uncertainty surrounding him, he moved quickly to gather his belongings, which included his sleeping bag, camping gear, and supplies. He was determined to make his escape while the Bigfoot was incapacitated and unable to stop him. Once Ostman had collected his belongings, he made a hurried exit from the area. He did not describe any pursuit by the Bigfoot family during his escape, and he managed to put distance between himself and the creatures. After his escape, Ostman had to find his way out of the wilderness and back to civilization. He traveled on foot for several days, eventually reaching a small settlement. From there, he was able to seek help. Totally believable, soul, right? Nick. Totally believable. This one hurts my soul. <laughs> so, let's break it down. He happened to have a can of snuff tobacco with him. Bigfoot family all wanted to taste it tasted terrible but kept going back that's, yeah they gave that's him berries. addiction addiction right there <laughs> berries and then he gives them some snuff yep so the father eats the snuff gets sick because that that's toxic so that's understandable oh yeah um he's like rolling around on the ground complaining of tummy troubles and Ostman says, so now me, I would have booted it right then and there. Ostman collects his camping gear, his supplies, his sleeping bag. So he's coming back out of the woods with everything he went in with. Um, And then he takes off. They don't chase him. He travels through the woods for a few more days, comes to a settlement and gets help. What do you think about that? Wow. First off, I can't believe I'm having this conversation. First <laughs> off, Bigfoot picks him up in the tent, yep. runs away with him, mm -hmm. but he has a sleeping bag and stuff with him. Yeah, I, I guess they picked up the tent. Like the sleeping bag was in the tent. He was in the sleeping bag. He had his stuff in the tent. They picked up the tent like a sack and carried him. Except sleeping bags don't work like that, but yeah, or uh, tents don't work like that. Got it. Mm -hmm. Unless tents in 1924 in Canadian land is significantly <laughs> different than they are now or within the last 50 years. Uh, because a lot of these tents didn't even have bottoms on them. They were a separate 
entity all the so you're telling me bigfoot Open picked on both him up ends too correct picked him up used him like uh remember the cartoons back in the day where the kid would have the stick then he would tie a handkerchief yep. in the end and put all the stuff in the handkerchief so you're telling me bigfoot did that with this guy mm-hmm. if i had to put my life on it i'm about one percent sure this story has now happened If someone's like life or death, right? Did this happen or not? I'm like, why did you even ask me this question? Like, this is clearly <laughs> Are you being false. serious right now. Um, yeah, I'm uh, yeah, I am at a loss for words because I cannot think of one single credible, like this guy is sitting back telling a very fantastical story. Mm -hmm. If I'm first off six days, right? If he would have said, listen, something picked me up, ran with me for 20 yards and then dropped me. I'd have been like, I've seen that in a video. That can happen. Listen, Silverback, right. they strong. They're so yeah. strong. Silverback, strong as they can be. Yeah, could be. But then. Plausible. Plausible. Nah, I've seen it happen. Definitely. Definitely could happen. Yeah. Seen it happen. Silverback, seen it. But when you say, listen, we did a road trip for six days. Coincidentally, has some snuff. Because, listen. Clearly. The Bigfoot's going to be like, I want to eat this. Mm -hmm. They all pass it around, right? Like, that's every movie. There's some dumb creature, like, typically it's aliens. It's like, right. let me try this. Then they eat it, and then they get sick, and they're like, oh, what was the Mac yeah. and me? Was it Mac and me where the aliens got sick? Oh, uh, yeah, I do remember that. That was like knockoff E.T. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. man, this just sounds like one of those stories. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, no part of this even sounds remotely believable. And the fact that he has fantasized it so heavily makes me believe it like zero. Right. One percent. One percent chance currently. Yeah. I, I'm on board with you. And let me frame it this way. And this is, I think, um, that a lot of people see it this way. This fellow's going into the woods. He camps. Roughly, probably would spend about six days, six, seven days in the woods. So he's coming out roughly the time you would have planned to come out. He went in with, we'll say, 10 items. He comes out with 10 items at the time <laughs> that he was going to come out. He's so good. He comes out of the woods in a completely different area than where he went in. I would say, is it not more likely that he got lost and didn't want to say that and came out the wrong place? Too embarrassed or something? I don't know. It reminds it's, me of, uh, you watch Joe Rogan, right? Oh yeah, from time to time. There was a story that Joe Rogan told a long time ago about someone that Eddie knew they used to say that he was going to these martial arts tournaments in the middle of the mm. jungle. Right. And they would drop him off with his bag and stuff. And then he would come back out with this, this uh, belt that he won three days later in right. whatever this was. And it reminds me so much of that story because that was fantastical also. Yeah. Do you, do you uh, remember Frank Dukes? Frank Dukes. Yep. Uh, he's also been on Joe Rogan, but uh, do you remember the 80s movie Bloodsport with Jean-Claude Van Damme? Yeah. How there's this guy that claims like he, he went in this underground fighting tournament that's top secret put on by the gangs and he defeated, he was like 600 fights, 600 victories. He had the quickest time of knocking someone out in under a second, all this stuff. And 
he basically we would come back from these trips with these great big trophies and then like if this is top secret who made the trophy and like oh you wouldn't have God. good anyway it sounds like this it's this exactly is, what it reminds me of nick yeah there's just nothing plausible in anything that i'm i'm sorry rick yeah i'm sorry if if you hear this and you're like this is legit this is really a test i i think i at this point it's probably like there's one more segment to go through but at this point i want to say like this is a lot of the bigfoot stories are single encounters um you know someone sees it gets good footage whatever and those are way more believable but you can't turn that into a podcast episode this was a long story that got some attention back in the day and 1924 wanted... they didn't have a whole lot going on back then Nick. right it actually didn't get into the news till a little later we'll talk about that uh in the last segment but um you know this is one of those stories and it's just a good reminder that you got to have an open mind but you got to also live in the realm of reality sometimes right that is definitely what this is, Nick. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Uh, so, unfortunately, after making that point, there's a lot of people that are highly regarded in the Bigfoot community who are on the fence about this. They're not on the side of the fence we're on. They're on the middle. They're kind of swinging either way. But let's listen to what they have to say. Albert Osman initially kept his story private for several decades due to a fear of ridicule. According to some accounts, he only decided to share his extraordinary encounter with a wider audience in the 1950s. The Osman story lacks any kind of physical evidence and is completely comprised of a single testimony. However, most who knew Osman or spoke to him after the incident mentioned his sincerity when recounting the events. John Green, renowned Bigfoot researcher, Robert Cranson, author and Bigfoot investigator, and cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman all met with Ostman a number of times over the years and all noted his tale has the ring of sincerity. Like many others, however, they remarked on the lack of physical evidence to support the claims. While his story has faced skepticism and criticism, Ostman did not publicly recant or retract his claims. He consistently asserted that his encounter with the Bigfoot family was a genuine and unforgettable experience, and he remained committed to this until passing away in 1975. And there we are. So, wow. the very last segment is just to list a number of big names in the industry. And they're, they're kind of like, man, I think he's sincere. They say we've got no physical evidence, but they're not, uh, they don't seem as skeptical as I would like them to be. I think that hurts their credibility. I do too. Now I've read anyone... a book from one of them. Oh man. Cause if I had to, to die on that hill, I don't think I could do it. I think it's quite a ways away that I can see a book on my bookshelf from Lauren Coleman. Um, and reading through that book, it, a lot of it seemed plausible and that's where I got a lot of my information from, but to hear that he tentatively believed this man's story. I don't know. I don't know. It's I almost, and I talk about it a lot on my podcast's channel. Mm-hmm when we look at the skeptical point of view on any of these ghost stories that I tell over there, if, if I tell you that a location is haunted, mm -hmm. psychologically, your brain is going to look for things that indicate that it's haunted. Right. Even though it could be perfectly explained away, mm -hmm. window blows, door closed. Well, had to be a ghost. Right. It, that's human Even nature, could, really. It is. Or or like uh, pareidolia. That's a big one. Oh, yeah. I don't know how many times in the Reddit community, I'm sorry, are ghosts in the Reddit community. If I see one more photo of nothing burger with cheese, I'm going to throw something out the window. There's always <laughs> someone going, 
look at this picture. It's clearly a ghost. I'm yeah. like, it's clearly a microwave light. Yeah. I see a lot of this too on the groups that I'm in. People want to believe very desperately in a lot of these topics. They want to. Um, and I, I guess, uh, and I'm sorry if there's Bigfoot aficionados who are going to listen to this and they're not going to be a fan of me presenting this story, but it was kind of to prove a point. We talk a lot about supernatural things, about UFOs and all this stuff, but we're coming at things from these are the facts. This is what we believe it could be. We're open that it could be this other thing. But it's very tempting for people to have a topic they really enjoy and they believe it counter evidence and they believe these wild claims because it fits in with what they want to believe. And this is the danger of this because John Green, Robert Cranston, Lauren Coleman are big names and people trust these people. But if they come out saying that they think this guy's telling the truth, that can be trouble. That's what makes it hard. And I think that that's where we all have to be somewhat careful of Mm -hmm. what we present as the gospel. right? Right. It's like I say it all the time. I can have thought processes and I can, I can even go back and go, there's something to that. Mm-hmm. But to die on a hill, to die on the hill because it's in the same genre as what I would love to have it fit into. Right. I can't do that. Right. Like, uh, you know, we do this podcast. I do my podcast. Mm-hmm. If someone came to me and said, we need you to believe in this to grow, I'd right. rather be small the rest of right. my life. Right. Same here. No. I just can't put it on the line like that. So. I've presented, including this one, I've presented two stories that I thought were almost completely bunk, um, Mm -hmm. which was this one and the Jersey Devil one. Um, Now, on the Jersey Devil one, we came across some stuff that sort of connected to other things, which was pretty cool that I wasn't expecting. Mm -hmm. But I've also gone into episodes not believing things, like one we did, I don't know if it's coming out before or after this, but... Um, the one we did on crop circles. It'll I, be the, it'll be before this one. Right. It'll be the week before. So we did that. Uh, we did that one and I came into it and I was like, I turned crop circles off on TV. I think it's nonsense. And by the end of that episode, you had me really interested and thinking, oh, this could be something. So I, th- I think it's just good advice to keep an open mind and just look at the facts whether it's against what you want or whether it's for what you want, you know, look at what you know and what you can know. It's fine to believe things, but be ready to change. Even if you don't believe in whatever it is, right? Like I think Mm -hmm. I definitely went in a similar case with me with the New Jersey devil. Like that just, for me, that was, I wouldn't watch anything on it. I hadn't listened to anything Mm -hmm. on it. I had zero interest in it because you presented it to me. I was willing to listen to it. Right. Had I not known who you were or anything like that, I've been like, I'm not watching this. It's stupid. Right. At the end of it, even though I didn't believe the Mrs. Leeds version or Mama Leeds, the rest of it was plausible. So do I believe there's something there? Sure. Do I believe that it's this demon that went through the chimney with Mama Leeds? No. No. Ridiculous, right? Prime example, this story, I think this guy was just a wackadoodle. But that being said, do I think there's Bigfoots there? Listen, if I've got a relative that said he saw one, who am I to say he didn't see one? Right. And I think in general, I I could listen to 10 other stories and, you know, they might be believable and they might convince me. Um, But just be skeptical about what you're listening to. 100%. It's got to pass the smell test for me. Right. Right. This one's just not there. Nope. And that was the whole point of that story. Awesome story, though. Listen, I... (laughs) Brought up some great memories, some Harry and the Henderson action. Yeah. You know what we should title Listen, this one? Hender- Henderson's in the Harry. <laughs> we probably should. <laughs> that would actually be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I need to see if I can do a thumbnail of like a mama, a dad, and two kids, and then a guy with a face like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
Anyway, well, I just want to reiterate. Enjoyed it. Oh, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I just want to reiterate that I'm not doing in this episode. I'm not making fun of Bigfoot believers. I just think that there's not all stories have equal value. No, I mean I think it all builds into the narrative, but it doesn't. Some things are just really good folklore mm-hmm. and really great stories. But that's where they sit is on the bookshelf, not necessarily in the the facts category. That's right. If that makes sense. But hopefully y'all enjoyed this episode. If you enjoyed this episode and you've not rated us, definitely go over to wherever you're listening to this thing. Rate us. Tell your friends about it. Say, hey, that old Bert and Nick, they just came out with a Bigfoot episode. And then send them this episode. They're going to love it. <laughs> They're going to be like, great. They did a Bigfoot episode and they killed Bigfoot in it. I think we're going to have people mad, but we're not trying to do that. <laughs> we're not tra- We're not trying to do it. I think that it's, like I say, it's a good story. I like the story. Yeah. There's just so many things that's unbelievable. Good yeah. night. He could have done a much better job. Also, if you have stories that you want us to cover, let us know what they are. Uh, we need to do an episode eventually to give you an idea. By the time you've listened to this podcast, we did this podcast a long time ago. We actually did this October 8th. I'm not sure exactly what week this is going to come out because this coming Friday is going to be Bob Lazar part two. Oh, yeah. So if I'm looking, when does this episode come out? It's going to be Bob Lazar comes out on the 13th. Your episode comes out on the 20th, which is. Yeah, I love that. The, yep. Crop Circles comes out on the 27th. We got a special Halloween episode that'll come out on the 31st. So this one will come out November the 3rd. Wow. The future is now. So future Bert and Nick. Wow. What a. <laughs> What a humdinger y'all came up with on this one. Good night. We got some Harry and the Henderson action in on this. That's right. <laughs> well, thanks everyone for tuning in. Y'all been doggone rock stars. Until we see you in the next one. Goodbye. See you later.